Absolutely. If you're afraid of something it, and you never even try it, then guess what? You're never going to achieve it. But usually what you're the most afraid of, that's the thing that's going to teach you the most and the thing that's going to make you grow the most, right? Mm-hmm. And once you overcome that fear, turn it into excitement, and then the thing that you're afraid of when you win an overall or when you do something that's so hard, yep. then you just become unstoppable. Yep. What is happening, everyone? Welcome back to your favorite podcast, the Gordon Podcast. I'm with Justin Mainly. Today is chilly in the studio. I Burr. am joined by Bama Burr, Stacy Burr, one of my favorite humans on this planet. And this podcast is sponsored by Fire because, wow, we brought it today. That was nuts. Inside, you guys are going to be fired up. If you are not in a position to run through a brick wall while listening to this podcast, do not not proceed. Wait until you are. You guys, this is a good one. I'm fired up to chat with you guys. I'll see y'all inside. Burr, it's chilly in here, dude. It's chilly in here. What the fuck is up, Stace? I see. I see. We're oh, here. We're here. I'm hey, ready to talk on the God Pod. You fucking brought it. I'm hyped to have you on here, girl. Yo, what the fuck is happening? Tell me about your training session today. What was the hardest part of your training session today? Hardest part of my training session. I, I pushed the 90s today. No spot. How many? 10. You fucking two 90 sets, two pounds. Sets of 10. Is yeah. that a flat press? Yeah. Flat dumbbell chest press, 90s for 10. Yeah. And I so, can't confirm I've never had someone do that with the with the control that you do it. I mean, I did the hundreds last week yep. for, you know, some like five or six. Yeah. But today I was like, I'm going to get some good reps in. So if I got you guys good aren't watching this on YouTube, you need to go over to YouTube right now and see how yacked Stacey looks. Also, if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're seeing it like three weeks after it drops. I'm not sure why in the f- you would not be on YouTube right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah. yeah Especially what? how what? handsome we both I, are. Don't you wanna... Dude, I brought my beard out today. I wore it just for the people. <laughs> I made sure. Yeah, yeah, I know you hit back today. I decided to hit push because yeah. I wanted to have you know that nice, yeah. good vein. You there. got a good vein coming. I, I, hopefully, we can put that in high def on the on the on the YouTube channel. Uh, Stacy, pleasure to have you on the podcast. Um, Bama Burr, where the fuck that come from? What's Bama Burr? Bama Burr, that was actually my first Skype screen name. Um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I know, back in the day, day what before were you using all Skype of this. For? <laughs> uh, my first girlfriend. <laughs> and appropriate answers only. What were you using Skype for? My first for? <laughs> girlfriend. We when wanted was to that? talk to each other. Uh, like 2000 and 2000, maybe like 10 or something. No, more before that. I'm so old. Uh, 2000. You're so old for the six, same age. Maybe homie. six. Are you 29? 31. Oh, you look, you, you don't look a day past 29, fam. You know, 31. Skincare routine. Damn. Would you ever date dudes? If, if given the right opportunity. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. I, I don't really like titles or anything like yeah. that, but I consider myself pansexual. Oh, so, what's that mean? Technically, if a dude was to fall out of the sky and yep. be Prince Charming, have yep. everything, check all my boxes. Yeah. Probably be slightly feminine, not yeah. quite as super alpha, but yeah. you know, if you want to cook for me, clean for me, yeah. take care of me, and we can get along. Yeah, I could learn how to operate different equipment. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> so I mean, I'm not gonna say how no. At least the machinery got to be. I'm not gonna say no, but you know, it just hasn't really happened. And most, yeah. mostly, I'm attracted to females. Yeah. So yeah, that, me too. <laughs> that's why we get along so well. We get along so well. Stacy's one of my favorite <laughs> fucking people on this planet, and let me tell you why. From the first time, I still remember the first day we met. At factory, um, you know, Gigi was like introducing me to all her people and stuff, and there was this woman there with this just unfucking believable smile, and I was like, I love her, <laughs> I love Stacy, and so 
I, you know, we said, what's up? And then we started chatting a little bit after that. And I was just like, dude, the energy is always infectious. Um, you know, on Tuesdays at 8.30, I have my meetings with the girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Noah, Danielle, Cecily, and uh, this morning you got brought up. And they were like, dude, I love Stacy so much. And what's dope about Stacy, and like what I hope that, you know, in the powerlifting community, you're huge. In the bodybuilding community, you're about to be huge. But I think this podcast is going to bring even more spotlight to how talented you are. I want everyone to have your impact on their lives. Like if there was ever someone who should have a million fucking followers, 5 million, 10 million, it's, it's fucking Stacey, like dead ass. Like the only issue is you're way too genuine to ever like achieve numbers like that. You got to sell yourself a little bit for that. Have you always been like this? Like you have this unbelievably radiant energy. You always have the most elevated vibe in the room. Where'd this come from? Were you ever, were you always obnoxious as a kid? Were you always like outgoing? What were you like? As a kid, honestly, so I'm the youngest. I've got an older sister, yeah. and I I never really had much of an identity growing up. I yeah. was always Shannon's little sister. I never had a name. Yeah. I never had you know anything of my own. It was always hand me downs, you know, because yep. I grew up poor. Yeah, and so going through school. I was kind of quiet. I was yep. kind of quiet and I was just always someone in reference to someone else. Okay. Right. So I decided, I decided one day I was like, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. Yep. I want to make something of myself. I want yep. people to remember my name. Okay. I want people to know who Bama Burr is. Yep. And you know, I watched like million dollar baby. I watched several yep. things and it's like, I realized that all you have to do, if you want to make something of yourself, if you want to change your situation is decide to do it. Yep. And so I decided to do it. I decided that when I die, whether it's tomorrow, whether mm-hmm. it's in 10 years, whether it's in 50 years, mm-hmm. you're going to know who Stacey Bama Burr was. And Bama Burr just came from like we talked about my yeah. Skype name, but yeah. it became pretty much like my alter ego. Yeah. right? And yeah. so I created this separate character. Stacey might be the introverted, quiet one. But yeah. Bama is the person that whenever I need to turn it on, I can turn it on. And as far as like that energy goes, I realized that like you create energy. You create energy every single day and throughout your interactions. If you, you know, I struggle, like, I mean, I struggle sometimes, like I go in front of people and I do public speaking, I Mm -hmm. do seminars. And sometimes I like have to talk myself up, like Mm -hmm. say, see, you got this, you can talk in front of people, you're good at this, Mm -hmm. those affirmations, that building that myself up, because I still struggle with it, right? But if you put it out there, if you put that energy in, if you decide, hey, I'm going to go to the gym, like during prep, You know, you and me both prepping for the same show to start with. We're both Dragon Ball. Mm-hmm. Like, we're low energy. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, it's tough. It's tough to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. But you get to the gym and every, how are you feeling, Stacey? Mm-hmm. I'm happy to be here. Yep. I'm happy to be here. And I want to elevate everybody else that's around me. So if I'm just acting all sad, if I'm acting, oh, it's the worst day ever. Yep. That's just going to, you know, energy is contagious. Yep. So I don't want to be that kind of influence around anybody around me. I want to elevate the people around me. If that's the energy you put out, that's what you're going to get back. Yeah. And so truly, no matter how you feel, no matter how I feel, I recognize that you can change that yep. just with your mindset, just yep. with your mentality. And so once I realized and like un- unlocked the code, basically, mm-hmm. that all I had to do was really kind of, you know, hack my mindset and figure mm-hmm. out how I could, if I wasn't there yet, if I wasn't that extroverted person or if I didn't have that, you know, confidence in public speaking, mm-hmm. if I didn't have that identity, I could create it. Mm-hmm. And so just by deciding to do that and deciding that I want to elevate everybody else around me, then I just went from there. And I realized mm-hmm. like through the impact, you know, when you're in it, you don't really realize it to start with. You're yeah. just doing it and you're having yeah. fun with it and you're enjoying the process. But then over years time, when I see people that are just like Stacy. You made such a difference in my life. Yeah. Stacy. the reason why I'm here is because of you. 
I mean, it's like you start to realize that like, wow, this really does work. Mm -hmm. This really is important. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is like my driving force and factor. I love being the best. I love being the bomb. I love, you know, just leading a team. You love the spotlight. Yeah. I mean, like, I love that. But what I love the most is the impact that it gives to other people. Yeah. Because, you know, I played ball in college. I was a team leading college. Like Mm -hmm. when I got to high school, I was a student body president. I was a prom queen. I was all the things. Right. But it's because of just what you put out into the world mm-hmm. and it's like I came from this little person that I, I was overweight as a kid you know you really oh okay. yeah okay. oh yeah that's where the body dysmorphia and everything yeah. started yep. my grandma is my my ride or die right yep. and she was a southern grandma and she'd yep. cook and you know yep. baby you're not fat you're just husky yeah another strawberry <laughs> shortcake you know and so I'll be like okay I yeah. told you that the the my weigh in 120 was like my stage weight yep. I have never been 120 since probably maybe like 12 years old. Like, wow. like no lie, because I was at least 140 when I was a kid because yeah. I was husky, yeah. you know? So, I mean, just that's – it was a whole different ball game. But, yeah. I mean, it's like – I don't know. Just thinking back through all this, that's who I was growing up and just like I decided to become someone else. When did you realize that you just didn't – you just didn't like your life. You didn't like living in the shadow of your sister. What was your sister's name? Shannon. Shannon. You didn't love living in Shannon's shadow. Mm-hmm. And and you didn't love your life situation. You didn't love growing up poor. It's not a fun place to be. Yeah. But most people who grow up poor, one thing I know about poor people, poor people are poor not just in financial, but they're poor in spirit. And they're usually yeah. poor in mentality. And usually poor in discipline. And they're usually poor in the structure of their life, right? And for you to go from... You probably had those things. Mm-hmm. Those things were probably surrounding you, your environment. You probably lived around other poor people. They, you know, they like socioeconomics yeah. suggests that everyone kind of flocks together, right? You were just like one day sitting there as what, 12, 13 years old, and you were like, I don't like this. Mm-hmm. I want to be something different. I want to break this mold. Yeah. And it, what'd you do? Like, because because at that age, you're so powerless mm-hmm. in terms of you can't get a job yet. Nope. No one's going to listen to you. You, there's only so, we didn't we when we were at that age we weren't able to go on TikTok or Instagram or YouTube oh God, or Google no. and like and become an expert and study anything. We were so reliant on our peers and our parents and your peers and your parents were likely in the same socioeconomic group as you were. So, what the hell did you do? And this is important because there's people listening to this podcast. There's there's people listening to this podcast. They're in that situation right now. Yep. Like. I'm financially poor. All right. You're not only financially poor, you're spiritually poor, you're mentally poor, your your discipline is poor as well. How do you switch that? Well, honestly, to tell you the truth, this is something I've never really even talked about. So this is really yeah. cool. But I when I came out as gay yeah. and out in South Carolina, I lost all my friends. Like yeah. I lost all my connections. People were like, ugh. They're How like, were you? I was uh, a freshman in high school. So I was a freshman in high school. 14, yeah, something like that. Yeah. And so I everybody distanced himself from me. And so I, all the friends, I was, you know, the popular girl, I was a pretty girl. And, you know, I had the boyfriend, I had all the things going for me. And just like, I, I could pretend like I wasn't poor, right? Like I wore like little Abercrombie shirts yeah, on occasion, you, you know, or stuff like that. <laughs> but whenever everybody just kind of like up and just like dipped out, once they realized that I wasn't necessarily like everyone else, yeah. it made me realize that, you know what? I am different. Yeah. And it's not a bad thing. I am different. Yeah. I want something different. I don't want to get married and have the house. I don't want to have the white picket fence. I don't want to live in South Carolina for my entire life. I don't want to have to, you know, go paycheck to paycheck. That's not how I want to live. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know how to do anything different, right? Because we learn from our parents. We learn from the people that we surround ourselves with. And that was all I really knew. Mm -hmm. 
And lifting in the gym is really what helped me unlock that thing because lifting for me was my, it, it was my, just my escape, right? Because in the world, people tell you, you can or can't do something, right? And I started working out, like I started working out when I was probably 12 years old. My dad had a little weight set, like in our, you know, spare, spare part of our house, yep. just like one of those weight benches with the lap pull yep. down and the leg extension. I had one of those, like a Bowflex. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it was a bootleg Bowflex yep. now, but because we were oh, poor. We, we had the brand name Bowflex. Oh, yeah. oh we, we were fancy. fancy. Yeah, yeah. But so I, you know, I started, I started working out and yeah. I would anytime, like, you know, my family situation, life would just be, you know, pressure or whatever. I'd be like, I'm going to go out to the gym and I'm just going to bench press mm -hmm. until I get pinned underneath the weight and I can't get it off. And then I I just roll it down. Yeah. I just started training and training and it felt good to me. It felt good to me that I could go into the gym mm -hmm. and nobody was telling me what I could or couldn't do. Mm -hmm. It was physically what I wanted to do. And it was like, if I want to go do curls in the squat rack or something, yeah. guess what? I you could, right? Yeah. You know, like nobody's giving you an outline or a blueprint. And so I realized through this, it's like, hmm, the gym is reflective of our lives in a lot of different ways, right? Yeah. Most people think gym people are just meatheads, yeah. but there's a lot of like, you know, parallels between the gym and real life. Yep. And so my first actual real gym membership, we couldn't really afford gym membership. Mm -hmm. So my dad kind of bartered with the gym owner. I'll yeah. do some work for, you know, you, if you can get my daughter a membership, because awesome. she really seems to care about it. Yeah. And so I was like, that was my first experience. And yeah. I went every single day. I went every single day. I rode my bike up to the gym because I couldn't really get there another way. Rain, yeah. I drive, you know, I'd ride to the gym. I'd do whatever because yeah. I love that freedom and that aspect there. Yeah. And so once I realized, okay, if I commit myself to doing this, I'm going to press these, you know, shoulder presses. I'm going to do 40s. Yep. If I couldn't do the 40s this week, okay, well, next week I'm going to go back and I'm going to do more. I'm going to yeah. do better and better. It unlocks something inside of me that I was like, okay, even if I don't know what I'm doing, I read like muscle and fitness and, yep. you know, all the health magazines and stuff. I would just go sit in a store and just read. Just, I didn't buy the magazines because, yeah, you know, <laughs> we, we struggling out here, yeah. but I would just sit and I would read and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And so that really, it just kind of started that my, it encouraged me to know that there was more out there. There was, yeah. but nobody understood what working out or training was like, yeah. especially I realized I was different. Right. And especially I came out as, you know, gay and everybody left me because they're like, Oh, she's a queer got to, you know, you're going to go to hell. Yeah. But it's like, okay. So I had a lot of time to reflect a lot of time to think. And I was like, well, I really am very different. Yeah. And so when I was training in the gym, I trained and I love to train hard yeah. always because it's like, why not? Why, if you're going to the gym and you're trying to get better, you're trying to make progress, why are you just going to go halfway in? Mm -hmm. I'm not a halfway in on anything kind of person. And that's one of the reasons why I was drawn to you in mm -hmm. the first place, because like I have a hard time trusting people. Yeah. And for you just to walk up to me and say, hey, let me change your life, yeah. basically. Yeah. And me be like, OK, what time to show up? Yeah, that's big. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know that exactly. Yeah. And maybe now you do. But it's like that is huge to me. But I recognize that you were the same kind of crazy I was. Yeah. And so like. I knew that I was different mm -hmm. and I was like, everybody tries to make like, it's a bad thing when you're different, but it's just, it's not. Isn't that fascinating? Mm -hmm. I look back. So you're from South Carolina, yeah. small town, South Carolina. I'm from small town, Ohio. So I look back on like my middle school. I look back on the guidance counselors. I look back on high school. I look back on these teachers. And I mean, there's teachers who, this is the second time I've brought this up on the podcast. Whenever I say this, there's names that pop into my mind. Yeah. That I would just love to toss out there, but it's like, I it's was not worth it. Too. Don't give them no, the clout. No, exactly. That's what I'm they saying. They know who they are. Yeah, they know who they fucking yeah. are. But like, 
these people, I was always different and my focus was always different. My, I, I couldn't, I couldn't focus in these, in these classes that I knew weren't serving my greater purpose. I was so out of the ordinary as a child and they just try to pack you in this little tiny box. And they're like, Oh, when you go to college, when you have a job, you can't have facial hair. When you have a job, you can't have tattoos. Yep. When you have a job, you can't, this is motherfucker. I am the job, homie. Yep. <laughs> I am the motherfucking job. Like you're a fucking, I'm a business. Mm-hmm. You're an employee. I'm a, I knew that from a young age and they tried to demean that and belittle that so much. I have a question for you. So you're 14 freshman in high school. Like I remember how scared I was as a freshman in high school. It's like, Oh shit. You come out as gay. Mm -hmm. You lose everyone. What I'm picking up is you felt a combination of things, but what I want to get to is when you go to the gym, which you started training after you came out as gay and you said, I've always loved training hard. Like you love the pain of training hard. When, when you came out and everyone left you, did you feel sad? Did you feel angry? Did you feel disappointed? Did you feel like you were questioning yourself? Did you feel like you were wrong? And then the gym is just what gave you an outlet for all of the pain that was like captured inside of you walk us i mean you're 14 14 years old have so many hormonal fluctuations going on by nature we had mental health issues at 14 because we were juggling so much and the expectations of us are so high what 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 you do did you go through mental declines at that time for sure i mean and like you know you don't really recognize it like we talked about you're when you're in it you don't see what's going on or anything but i was definitely in a sense of turmoil right like i had the the boyfriend that was like the cutest boy at the school and stuff but then the problem was i thought his sister was hot (laughs) i you know like you wanted to bang his sister i mean i'm a gentleman now right but like i dated the guy for like nine months and it was great and once it got to the point where you know physical stuff usually kind of involves i was like ah I think your sister's kind of hot. So that probably is a problem. And so then it kind of went into, you know, a whole situation. Yeah. You're questioning yourself because population, gay population in Darlington, South Carolina, (laughs) basically me, you know what I'm saying? Like, and so it's not really a talked about thing. It's, you know, you're just like, it's not, it's it's definitely taboo. And so I was like, definitely questioning myself a little bit. And I didn't really know who to go to, who to turn to. My parents, they're not really receptive to this either. You know what I'm saying? You told you never, me they resisted it. Oh, yeah. Bit. And okay. you don't, and I mean, even still, we don't talk about it. Like my wow. mom, my mom yeah. we don't speak, like we don't speak, yeah. period. Yeah, but my that. dad, we don't talk about it. My dad told me as long as I bring home a pretty girl, He's okay with it, right? (laughs) And that's just, you know, I mean, I'm like, okay, well, I mean, we got high expectations. But my dad's always had high expectations of me, period. And so so through whatever it is. So like, you know, I've kind of grown up with just having high expectations of myself, putting a lot of pressure on myself. And so that really kind of resonates in who I am now, which I'm recognizing. But I felt this just, there was a lot of turbulence. And even in my family life, my parents, you know, got divorced and stuff. I obviously had like, you know, a little bit of like a competition kind of situation with my older sister. I just didn't feel like I was doing enough or I was enough. And so the gym was really where I could control all the factors, where I could put my best self forward and I could build something, create something. And that's where I developed my confidence and my sense of structure, my sense of, you know, time management. Everything came and began with the gym. And once I started training, I trained hard at the gym. I got picked up by a local group of like bodybuilders, like older bodybuilders. And we talked about a little bit, but they were just like, hey, yo, little girl, you train hard. You want to train with us? And I was like, 
yeah, sure. Like all my friends and like my peers and stuff, I didn't really have anybody. I didn't have any friends. Mm -hmm. I grew up and didn't have any friends. And so the only people that I hung out with were I'd ride my bike to the gym and I'd train with these like five or six big older dudes. And they yeah. just, you know, like, wait, ain't nothing but yep. a peanut. And they would just yep. encourage me. We would push each other. And just, I was sitting there the same way, just calling, oh, you come on, let's go. You a yep. small bird chest, kind of yep. like I'll do yep. with you now I too. It. And it's it. like, that was really just my only interactions and stuff because I didn't have any friends. I didn't have anybody else. This was, These were the impactful moments that I didn't realize were going to be yep. so impactful into my life. But I realized like, hey, we're very different. Like me and these group of guys, we're very different, but yet we have this common bond that we're sharing that we're all just trying to get better. Mm -hmm. We're in this gym. We met up at the same time. We met up at the same time every day. Yeah. If one of us didn't show up and be like, hey, bro, where are you yeah. at? You know, it was like, yeah. you know, a bonding situation, but we're all on the same mission. And so it made me realize that like, it doesn't really matter what the similarities are or what you know what our core values are what kind of side you sit on politics yeah. we're in the gym and we're together and we're trying to push each other and we're yeah. trying to get better and so that the differences that people you know looked at me and they thought I was you know just like a totally different person a bad person or something like that yeah. I realized that was things that people were projecting on me. Yep. And I was obviously 14 and, you know, you're not really thinking about dissecting this stuff, mm -hmm. but I was just like, I was confident enough that I knew that I had something to offer the world. Yeah. And I've always just been, I've been very, I knew that there was something different about me yeah. and I knew that I had something to offer the world. And so I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew that I wasn't going to give up on the thing that felt, made me feel the most alive. Yeah. And so that really, truly like, the gym has always been the thing that's made me feel the absolute most alive, no matter what the field is, powerlifting, bodybuilding, just training, you know? And so I was not willing to give that up. And growing up and stuff and like going through high school, going through college, I still continue to train. Yeah. And people try to put me put me down and yeah. say, oh, powerlifting's not going to make you any money. Training's not going to make you any money. You're never going to be able to do that for a real job. Yeah. Stacey, when are you going to get a real job? Yeah. Well, how big are you trying to get? You know, yeah. da, 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 all these, you know, just negative things. But all these things were just projections of their insecurities. Because if you're afraid that you don't, you're not going to make it out of the small town, you're not going to be able to go further. You don't want people around you to get better and better because it makes you realize how you're dragging your feet. Yep. And so I realized and recognized that and truly I don't have a problem creating distance mm -hmm. from me, from mm -hmm. family members, from competition. I don't have a problem. I enjoy creating distance. Why? Because the further you get out and the more distance you create from people, the more you're elevating yourself. Mm -hmm. and my goal is to elevate myself so I can elevate others, mm -hmm. but you got to be willing to go along for the ride if you want to come up. You know what I'm saying? Along for the ride with yourself too. And see, here's a huge issue that mm -hmm. I have with the way people operate. So they'll listen to the podcast, they'll do all these things, they make all these moves, but then they stay in this relationship that everyone knows is not serving them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's drowning them. That's pulling them back. Or, okay, you know what? Like I realized that X, Y, or Z, situation wasn't serving me. So I'm going to move on from it, but I'm going to fill up all of my time with other people who also aren't serving me and who aren't along for the ride at some, sometimes the best passenger you can have on this ride is your goddamn self. 100%. It's you yourself. Cause there's, if, if everyone always understands what you're doing and the mission you're on, then you're not going to achieve very much because people understand mediocrity. Look mm -hmm. around. This is mediocre shit. People live 
their entire lives in the exact place that they started. I'm not just saying their hometown. I'm saying whatever situation you started in, maybe you move, maybe you left, but your mental operations, your spiritual operations, your physical operations are the exact same as the framework because it's familiar. And it's comfortable. And, and their family won't challenge them. Their family won't disown them. And they want to make these people proud and get their validation. What you're saying, and what I agree with 100%, because you and I are cut from the same fucking cloth, dude. I'm my validation, homie. Mm-hmm. I wake up and I look myself in the mirror and I'll give myself affirmations today. For example, man, I woke up, I was real nervous. We went out for Ross's birthday last night. Me, Ross, Cody, we grabbed a uh, pork chop at Perry's. It was phenomenal. And I woke up, I was 258 this morning. I was like, okay, all right. Like, you know, let's see how we look and stuff. And I turned around, you know, I started hitting some poses in the mirror and I was like, dude, you're a tank. I didn't love how it looked right away, but I was like, you're a fucking tank, man. You're a fucking tank. And all of a sudden, this mental shift starts happening. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, wait, shit. Wait, I do look good. I was trying to find something wrong with myself because new high weight, so I have to be fatter. Yeah. And I, then I took pics, and I was actually tighter than I was three days ago at 256. And it's little things like that that I think people love to hear, especially coming from someone like you and I. Do we have an abundance of confidence? But that doesn't mean that every day we have mental struggles that we work through. And every single day, that's why the gym's such a great output. The hardest part of your day was getting under those 90s. Mm-hmm. You're a 130-pound woman getting under 180 pounds, and you cranked them for 10. The hardest part of my day was these underhand T-bar rows that me and Thomas just hit that I was like, dude, this is – it was like 30 more pounds than last yeah. week and one exercise later than last week. And I was like, fuck, we got a rip. Yeah. And I got 16 of those motherfuckers. I was like, less. that was a hard – nothing that happens today is more After difficult that. Yeah. than that. That was the peak. That was the apex. Mm-hmm. This is easy like everything else after you do the hard thing like yeah. the thing that, that like scares you yeah. right once you do something hard especially to start your day i love to train like kind of early yeah. right because like once yeah. you get that hard out the way then yeah. you're like i can handle anything yeah I, you can handle absolutely anything and yeah. just to go back to what you were talking about just like the mental aspects of things you and me are probably the biggest critics. We're definitely the, oh, our yeah. biggest own, like our own critics. That's why oh, I think yeah. it's so important to have a coach. Like mm-hmm. all coaches should have coaches mm-hmm. because I question myself all the time. I'm like, are you sure? Are you, do I look okay? <laughs> like, I don't really know because yeah. like we expect such high, high level performance and high level output all the time yeah. that so we're going to be so hard on ourselves. It's important to have somebody in your life and in your corner. Yeah. But then again, you don't want a yes man. Nope. You want somebody. And that's one thing I like about you is yeah. like, you don't want a yes man or somebody that's just like, oh, well, you'll do better next time. Yeah. Okay, well, what if there's not a next time? All you have is right Right now. now. And so I think all people should recognize and understand that all you have is right now. I could go outside and I get hit by a car. I Mm -hmm. could be diagnosed with cancer tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I have right now. And so what I'm doing right now with every single aspect of my life is important. And if it's not serving you, get rid of it. Cut Mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. Why are you entertaining someone or something that is not adding to your life? Why are you wasting time? I don't understand why people, there's nothing that, there's no bigger turnoff in my in, in that I could see in someone than mm-hmm. wasting time. Yeah, and I, 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 it's not something I understand. That's something I picked up about you real quick. I, I told you what I thought your prospects were in the sport, and you were like, "All right, when and where." So let's talk about that. Let's talk about. I want to talk about how we got into powerlifting. Um, my my demographic isn't really too keen on powerlifting or what goes on there. Mm-hmm. They're not super educated on it. I know when this podcast drops, you're going to have some powerlifters tune in. So I want to give them the props, like shout out to powerlifters. You guys are badass. but you went from powerlifting and t- tell us your, your all time best that the, these lifts, you guys, 
you guys. These okay, lifts are so absolutely fucking nuts. Listen to this shit. I competed at 148, and I have four all-time world records, yeah. um, and that was my goal. My goal was to be the absolute strongest woman in the world. Mm -hmm. um, I, my best squat was 565. My best bench press was 320, and my best deadlift was 550 in competition, right? So in competition, altogether, my best total was 1435 at, uh, I think, 147 body weight, <laughs> and yeah, so that's... That is absolutely ballistic, and at the time, that was number one in the world yeah is that still no okay so it's i'm been, like it's, i'm fifth i think in the world still. you've been off for how many years that was in 2019 oh my goal man, was yeah. my goal was to set it so high that yeah. you know truly it would take somebody a hot minute yeah. to get to it yeah and i mean it you know it took a minute i still yeah. have some of the all-time records too for 148 and so it's like I did what I said I was going to do. Yep. I did what I said I was going to do. Like my my biggest inspiration was my grandfather. And yeah. one of the things when I first got into powerlifting, I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I was in the gym training yeah. with those guys. And somebody was like, yo, you strong for a girl. And I was like, <laughs> strong for a girl. Okay, watch this, right? Yeah. And like, well, you should, have you ever competed before? And I was like, what is that, right? Like I had no idea of any of this stuff. And when I went to grad school, I went to grad school for exercise phys, yep. decided I hated it because I wasn't learning about anything I wanted to learn about yep. i wanted to learn how to actually apply these things to you know the populations i was working with not clinically Justin based stuff. mentorship not clinically based <laughs> stuff right like i didn't want to work with that and so I, I dropped out of grad school and i ended up coming home to take care of my grandpa after he had his first stroke yeah and he was my biggest fan biggest motivator. better i did my first powerlifting meet and somebody told me just you know weeks after they're like hey i don't know if you know this but your numbers you're like 10 pounds off of what they were yeah, uh, my bet. My first squ competition squat was two fifty five. I think my bench press was one ninety, and I think I pulled three sixty five. Yeah, that's very impressive. Yeah, and that was, I mean, just like that was for me. I'd never done a powerlifting program or anything. Yeah. I just trained like bodybuilding uh, style, yeah. but hard. Yeah, I trained hard. Yeah, and that's truly there's not a magic pill, right? Like you yep. can go in the gym, and if you just like if you progressive overload, you yep. can get strong, you can get better. Yeah, but with actual programming and a lot of different things, yeah, you can get even better and more effective yeah but just training hard is the 90 percent of the secret the recipe yeah but so somebody told me they're like you're 10 pounds off of like a world record and it was now super hyper specific like a federation yep. juniors yep. world record so not anything like real or substantial yeah not to knock anybody that has things yeah. like that yeah, but yeah, just yeah, being course. honest yeah and i was like really like yeah. really like oh that's not that bad so I went and I told my grandpa, I was like, hey, can you believe that I'm 10 pounds off of like a world record? Yeah. And I still remember him sitting in his recliner telling me, and I've told this story so many times, but every time I get super emotional yeah. about it. But he was like, of course, I can't believe it. He said, you're the strongest woman in the world. Oh, my God. And that, that is to so me special. truly... I decided at that moment, you know, old people don't lie. Yeah. If you old person, if you got a zoom in your forehead, like, what is that thing yeah. on your head? What is wrong with you? You know, and yeah. so I was like... I'm the strongest woman in the world. And yeah. so then I just kept repeating that to myself. And I knew that it was my obligation to fulfill that. Yeah. I, the seed was planted. Yep. So then I decided I left. I went to the gym. I looked up all the records for what was the most that ever been done, not in a juniors or a federation. Yep. Just and I, I looked at the numbers and I was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah. I can do, I need some time, yep. but I can do this. Yep. And so that was at that moment, that was when I made it my mission to be the best in the world. Phenomenal. And so I started at that moment prepping then, then at that moment, yeah. and I prepped and did the, my training. I'd never missed a session. Yeah. I ate all my meals. I did everything like I was intended to do yeah. for five years until I 
succeeded. And so I started out at the bottom. I started out just like a low level, just local power lifter. Yep. My first big national meet, I had to roll up change. I remember I was poor, right? So I had to roll up change and I rolled up change to buy my flight to Vegas. No way. And I remember telling my grandma, you know, and she was like my mom. Yeah. I told my grandma, I was like, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity yeah. going to a national competition yeah. out in Vegas. Yeah. And she was like, okay, well, you just be careful, right? And so I went and I, I, I think I, I got second at the national meet or whatever, but I was like, Oh, I can do this. I really can do this. But I remember I rolled up change and said it was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Yep. Now I just go to Vegas on a weekend because yep. I want to, right? Yep. But it's you've like created that life for yes. yourself. Yep. But once upon a time, I didn't think this was ever an option. I never thought these opportunities that I have now, which I am so grateful for, yep. I never thought this was even an available thing. And I think yep. most people that start out poor don't expand their vision. They think that this is all there is, and this is a once in a lifetime situation. And you don't actually get to the point where you realize. This can be an everyday thing if mm -hmm. I just push in that direction, if I make this an everyday thing, mm -hmm. because everything is created. It starts and finishes right here. Mm -hmm. And so I had that mentality. I said, I am the strongest woman in the world. And like the affirmations you talk about, mm -hmm. I start my day with affirmations. I talked about on Danielle's podcast yeah. every single day. Yeah. And so every single day I, I said to myself, I am the strongest woman in the world. And so I just had to live up to that. Right. So Absolutely. if I'm going into the gym and I'm acting like, OK, I'm tired, I'm weak or whatever. I'm the strongest woman in the world, so I better act right. Yeah. You know, I better act. So you better like boss it. the fuck up and get it done yeah. right now. And so, no matter if I'm tired, no matter if I'm hungry, no matter if my girlfriend broke up with me, yep. no matter if my butt hurts, whatever it is, yep. I'm gonna get in there and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna leave all that other stuff outside because mm -hmm. this is my mission, this is my clarity, and I think that's the biggest point. Is just like I decided I was gonna do something, and I mm -hmm. did it, and so I reached that top level in powerlifting, and I. Pulled 550 to seal the deal for, you know, the 1435. That yeah. was before the meet. We didn't, based on my body weight, because yeah. it's, it's a dot score, a Wilk score, right? Yeah. So it's based on pound per body weight, how much you lift. I didn't know till I weighed in the day before how much I was going to have to lift, right? Oh, so like it, yeah. you, you I aim for, you know, peaking for a certain number or whatever, yep. but like based on what my body weight was, that determined how much I was going to have to lift. Yeah. And so, you know, I just had to be ready to do whatever it took. Yeah. And so when you pulled 550 at first time, mm -hmm. was that the first time you ever pulled 550? Oh, yeah. That's no the way. only time I've yeah. touched 550 one, one time. time. One All time. right. So let me ask you. So right. you've alluded to this a few times, and I think it's absolutely beautiful. I just I want the competitors in the, mm -hmm. in the audience to hear about this because I've seen it happen firsthand. And it's, it's an eerily similar place that I think um, I go. You talked about – you were 14, you know, you lost all your friends, everything. You would just go to the gym and escape everything. It didn't matter what you did. You just, you could do whatever within that little Bowflex setup you guys had, the knockoff Bowflex setup you guys have. Okay. So now we get into training with bodybuilders. Everything's left at the door. Now we're training to become the strongest woman in the world. Everything's left at the door. You just go in and get it done. I watched you. <clears throat> The first time you stepped on stage in your career, you won the Miss Texas title. And in women's physique, it was a huge deal. You looked absolutely phenomenal. But when the person that I saw on stage was someone that I had never, ever, ever seen before. And I tell everyone, I've told so you this too. Yeah. yeah, I tell you this too. Like I fell more in love with you that day watching you compete up there. I was like, wow, that was spectacular. Like I want to take this woman all the way. And, and I believe that we have that level of ability. What I'm inquiring about, talk about how you flipped that switch. 
Like how how do you go from Stacy to motherfucking Bama, and like it's motherfucking go time now? What do you think about what's going through your mind? You did it with a five hundred fifty pound deadlift, with a five hundred sixty pound squat, with a winning Miss Texas in bodybuilding, going out and placing top five in your first national show. How do you flip this switch to just go from you're this sweet, kind, genuine person? And on this podcast, people are realizing that, but I've seen the bad bitch. <laughs> I've seen the motherfucking demon in there come out. And it is, ooh, I love it. How, how do you flip that? Well, see, I think we all have two different people inside of us, right? Mm -hmm. We all have that that dark side or that whatever it is. But just once you learn how to manage it and control it mm -hmm. and when it's optimal to let it go and when it's, you know, not, I think that's one of the biggest things. And just truly how I operate my day-to-day -day life, I operate as Stacy. I operate and just like I'm in control of my emotions. I know that not everything deserves a response or reaction. I know that I'm executing every single day with a relentless approach, with a relentless mentality. I never, I didn't skip a meal. Yeah. I didn't miss a meal. I yeah. didn't cheat. I didn't miss a cardio session. I did training to my absolute best of my ability mm -hmm. every single day. And so guess what? When it's time to show up, whether it's to walk up to a deadlift or whether it's to walk on stage and present what I've built, I'm going to beat you yep. because I've done everything in my power. And that's where the confidence comes from. Mm -hmm. That's where you turn it on because... I don't know what anybody else has done. I can't control what anybody else has done, but I can tell you what I've done mm -hmm. and I don't miss. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. like, so it's kind of like that preparation in the days and the days leading in where you just, you're, it's grueling training sessions. You go so hard. It's so hard. It's physically painful. It's just, mm -hmm. you're, you're struggling because you're hungry, because you're mm -hmm. tired. I mean, because you're lonely, whatever it is, like you feel this void. And even in powerlifting, just like you feel broken mm -hmm. sometimes. Like I think two weeks out, I had my last final heavy pool before yep. that competition and I missed Ooh. I missed 500 off the floor 500 500 pounds I've missed <sighs> off the floor and so I was just like okay well I've just got to do a weight cut a 20 pound weight cut and pull 50 more pounds hmm that sounds like a tall order doesn't was it? that creeping in your mind when they loaded up 550 it can't be it yeah. can't be or else I'd have missed. Absolutely. Because I just had to, go, I had to go out there and I had to I had to do it. You know, and so when it's not an option, I think most people sell themselves short because they think about that. They think about the failures and the misses. That failure, you want to know why I failed 500 off the floor that day? Because I was thinking about it too much. I was yeah. like, okay, my back hurts a little bit. Like, I'm just kind of giving myself a, a out. Yep. And when I approached it, I wasn't 100% all in. Mm -hmm. And so when I approached that 550... I had to let my life depended on it because it mm -hmm. did, mm -hmm. you know, Absolutely and so, and so I, I did it. Right. Absolutely. And if you ever let doubt creep in, even that little bit, it doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter. What matters is what you're doing right now in the present. Yep. And if you show up and guess what, if you show up and give 150%, you got a much better chance of making something move. Other if you don't like nationals, I was super, I was timid about it. I didn't know if I, I didn't know. I, I felt like I got smurfed anyway, yeah. but like, I didn't know you, I trusted you. We did it, yep. but I'll tell you the truth. I was scared about it, yep. but I was never going to show that. Yeah. Why? Because I've done everything in my mm -hmm. power. I'm going to show up. I'm going to give it 150%. My posing looks like crap, but I'm going to smile and I'm going to be mm -hmm. happy about it and give my mm -hmm. best effort, maybe distract them a little bit because yep. they're just like, dang, look at that smile. Yep. Oh, she got some abs. Yep. You don't pay attention to that. I don't know what yep. I'm doing. Yep. And so just honestly, if you... If you want to run through a brick wall, you got to run yep. through a brick wall. You, you can't you can't hesitate not even yep. for a minute like you have to go. I've been personal training and coaching for a very long time. I did an internship with a CrossFit instructor once yep. upon a time. I had older women that would be like 
I don't think I can do a box jump and it'd be this high off the ground. <laughs> and I'd be like, I promise you, yep. you can. Yep. I promise you, you can. The lady tried to do it, sculpted off her knee and yep. I told you I couldn't do it. And I was like, you know why you couldn't do it? Because you said you couldn't do it. And so for me, with the 550 pool, with the 565 squat, with going up that first competition, I was terrified. Yep. And I was asking, I was like, what do I do? What is this right now? Yep. How, what uh, I need to, okay. Yeah. But once you turn it on and once you realize I'm here right now. I'm prepared. I have done everything in my power. I'm not scared. You turn that fear into excitement because fear and excitement come from the same place. Mm -hmm. And so it's all about your interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. So then I'm just, I'm happy to be here. I'm excited. Mm -hmm. Watch this. Mm -hmm. It's not about, okay, well, I'm scared I'm going to mess up. I did mess up. I mm -hmm. messed up several times with mm -hmm. my side tricep, right? We yeah, talked about it. Yeah. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? I went out there and I went after it and gave it the best that I possibly could. And that's all I can ever do. If and you so, prepare with an all in attitude, truly mm -hmm. all in everything, all in truly don't miss. And I don't think people understand. I've talked about on the podcast before what all in actually entails. Look, there were times in Stacy and I's preps that were, you know, we were both all in mm -hmm. and we had a lot of conversations about this. There were times in our press, we show up to the gym and we wouldn't really speak. We trained together. We wouldn't really speak because there wasn't available energy to speak. Yeah. There was available energy to focus on this next set and how much we can possibly get out of this and how far away can we push pain? How far away can we stay from any doubt, any negativity, anything creeping up. And, you know, the reality is in that moment when you've truly gone all in, it makes showing up and executing, it makes showing up and showing the fuck out way fucking easier because you do have this belief in yourself. And yeah, there's days in prep where you didn't love how you looked. There's days in prep um, that, you know, you thought you were too fat or you weren't going to be ready or, you know, X, Y, Z, or you were too small. But then what happened, all of this culminates, you kept eating your meals, you kept hitting your cardio, you kept communicating with me. We kept staying on the same page. You showed up, you showed out and you fucking won and you won a very prestigious show in Texas. I don't think people understand all in is going to be extremely painful. And if you truly go all in, there's no emotions you can take there with you. You have to leave those back yeah. before you, you decide to go all in. All in doesn't care how hungry you are, how tired you are. All in is fine with 700 calories or 2,700 calories. All in is fine with two injections a day or no injections a day. All in is fine with two hours of cardio or no cardio. All in is cool with whatever the fuck it takes to get to this next level. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm going to do. And in the contest prep setting... It's funny, I made a post on Instagram today about managing androgen load and things like that in the off-season. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think we need to push these androgens crazy high or anything like that. And, you know, being all-in in the off-season phase, in my opinion, is exactly that. Let's be all-in on how healthy we can fucking be, mm -hmm. right? There's different strokes for different phases. But when you go into a contest prep setting, I told Stacy, I was like, our only chance is being peeled. I mean, peeled. I mean, inside out level of conditioning to where you don't have, um, you don't have, um, no, no fat. There's no <laughs> fat cells. They have to get evicted right now. That was our only chance to win anything. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you did. And that's exactly how you won. And people need to understand Stacy was pushed, bro. 
there Stacey was, and there was, was not a single time, and it's not it's not a you know a badge of honor or anything like that because it's just following a plan. Yeah. The the thing that's exceptional about me, like and the reason why I can exceed in powerlifting, the reason why I can succeed in bodybuilding, the reason why I could succeed in any absolute thing that I attempt to do is because I can follow a plan. Yeah. And every time you cha- made a change, okay, ten four. Yep. Okay. Taking out my oatmeal. All right, my heart hurts a little yep. bit, but it is what it is. <laughs> yep. Okay, we're going straight chicken and asparagus. Mm-hmm. Okay, yes sir. What mm-hmm. kind of asparagus do I need? What yep. kind of Whatever it is, do it. You like, get it done. Do it. Because yeah. complaining and negativity, that's not going to get the result that you want. And so many people say, oh, I'll do whatever it takes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm all in. Yeah. But then when it comes time to be all in, you got all these complaints and all these excuses. And guess what? Being all in or being, you know, doing whatever it takes. When you say I'll do whatever it takes, whenever I committed yeah. to you yeah. and whatever it takes, I had no idea what I was signing up for. Same thing with powerlifting. I had no idea what I was signing up for. Mm-hmm. But it's committing to yourself more than anybody else that whatever it's going to require, this commitment, yeah. I have made and I'm going to stand by it. Yeah. And so that's one of those things that I don't think most people say, oh, yeah, I go so hard. Oh, I, I am all in. Yeah. You're not even a third of the nope. way in. Not nope. even half The people screaming at the loudest are usually the ones that are tiptoeing around the pool, whereas, yeah. like, you're drowning in the deep end trying to fucking stay afloat. And, I, you know, I've always respected that about you because you truly did go all in right away. And every set of picks I ever saw from you, there, even to this day, I know I have your check-in waiting on me right now, and I know there's progress from last update. Every picks you send are better. And I talk about this, you know, and, and people don't understand what it means. It's, it's because there's a pain threshold that you're constantly pushing. It's because there's a regiment that you're constantly pushing. Hey, after the show, it was a little bit difficult to be extremely gram focused in terms of the weight scale. So we implemented macro based days, like I think Friday through Sunday or something like that. We have macro based days that helped you out that your communication and then my trust in you formed together because you truly went all in. So I know that, hey, you're bringing this to my attention. This is a thing. This is something, the, the communication yeah. is just huge. If I tell you something, yeah, it's, it's all a thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I know there's not emotion in yeah. this. I know that this is legit right now. So you coach powerlifters mm-hmm. and you have a lot of W. I see you guys fucking showing up and showing out. You've got your people, you know, squared away and dialed in. You've got some big dudes. You've got some strong chicks. Tell us a little bit about how do you go all in with your athletes. How do you go in and pull? Cause I know that you're, you're just like me. You like having that connection. You like having that relationship. What do you do with your athletes? So you feel separates yourself from not just like other, you know, powerless negotiations like that, but separates yourself in terms of a leader um, within your people. What are some, because you are a great leader. You're a leader of TM and people look up to you and people admire you. What do you do within your team that you think kind of separates you and elevates you as a leader? I lead by example. Yeah. I lead by example. And that's truly one of the things that I respect about you as well is just leading by example. And, you know, if people see their team lead, mm-hmm. if, wow, if Stacy can do that and manage everything else in her life and Stacy's willing to push that hard, mm-hmm. I know it can be done. And that's the thing is like, that's the reason why I share all my like, you know, the vulnerability and stuff. And it's kind of hard for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because sometimes you want to, you know, present this like really well put together. Just I absolutely have everything figured out. Right. But the yeah. fact of the matter is I don't. Yeah. And I'm trying to learn every single day. I'm trying to surround myself with people that know more than me. Yeah. So that's bringing me back down a notch. Right. Like when I entered the bodybuilding world, I entered with, I am not crap. I don't want special treatment from anybody. Mm-hmm. I go to a powerlifting meet or I go to whatever and bow yep. down yep. to the queen, right? Yep. Like just no, no, nothing. It is what it is, yep. right? Bodybuilding, I'm not crap. 
Yep. And nobody knows who I am. I'm just here. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get better every single day. And so that's made me better in terms of being an athlete, being a coach. But what I do is I lead by example. And I'm constantly trying to get better, trying to learn more, and trying to show my people that if you want something bad enough, mm-hmm. and I mean if you really want something bad enough, mm-hmm. it can be done. Mm-hmm. And so I don't really – I say that I coach all different levels. I do. I coach beginners. I coach – I have all-time world record holders that I coach. But the thing is I want people – that want to work. I want people that want to learn. I want people that want and have a genuine commitment, desire to be better. Mm -hmm. And I can pull that out in you. Mm -hmm. Why? Because I care. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing I think that really separates me from a lot of different people is I actually care about people. It's not about the money for me. If it's about the money, I wouldn't be coaching. Coaching is not necessarily the most financial, like for what you actually do. Like if you, like I tell people about how involved you are in the, like in the prep and in every single peak, like, oh, text me these pics every 90 minutes and like low key, high key, mad annoying, right? Let me put on this suit. Let me take these pictures. Let me do it. But like, it's so in depth and involved. Mm -hmm. It occupies so much of your time and your day. What I yeah. pay you for that is not enough, right? So yeah. if we want to be really like we're both financially doing all right, yeah. but if we really want to be doing it, we want to be coaching yep. because I care. And so I'm invested in your process and in, in who you are as a person, yep. because if you're uh, like not doing well as a person, guess what? You're probably not going to be able to effectively do what I need you to do in training. Yep. And so like actually caring about people and taking care of people in their mental state, like where are you at in your life? Yep. How can I make you better in always not just in strength load on the bar right yeah because there's a bunch of different things we could do i could just push all the drugs and yep. i could just push all the food and say okay let's move some weight but that's not going to be the best outcome or long term for the person so yeah. i take care of my people and i lead by example yeah and so you you lead by example very strongly there was a very strong precedent set right off the rip because stacy came and you trained with ashley jones and myself mm-hmm. I, I forget what we hit but the first day the first session we had together stacy was weak Mm-hmm. Weak bodybuilding, weak like oh. powerlifting, strong but bodybuilding very weak. I talked about it on the last podcast I did with, with Danielle. With be relentless, but yeah. I I threw like first set on the leg press with one plate uh-huh. per side. I went out, I did my set, and I was like, okay, I'll be right back, guys. Went to the bathroom, yep. threw up, yeah. sat there, and said. Oh, fuck. Get it together. Like, yeah. what is wrong with you, Stacy? Yeah. Get it together. And so yeah. I I got it together, came back out, went back at it, did yeah. my thing for probably two or three weeks. I threw up regularly. Yeah. And I just was like, it was so humbling to me because yeah. I was weak. Mm-hmm. I love training with Ashley and with Cecily because yeah. these these broads, I have never Strong. trained, I have never trained around other females. And this is no shame or knock or yeah, anything yeah. that have been better and stronger than me and could just run circles around me. Yeah. It was so motivating to me. And I will never forget how it felt to me just to be within in the presence of these like these girls and just they were going so hard mm-hmm. and I just wanted to go even harder because mm-hmm. of that and yep. so that forced me to level up and level up even harder yep. because and I would tell people about it and they're like there's no way there's no way people could be running circles around you yep. they say you're tripping and I was like dude yeah you have no idea yeah well we had to break down your training down to the nuts and bolts yeah and we had to you know this was I told you that we were going to achieve a professional status within six months mm-hmm. so we were in prep yeah. we were in contest prep we fell short of that goal and and, and uh, another 
note I want to make right now, you said no one in bodybuilding knows who I am. See, one year from now, 12 months from today, that's going to be way fucking different from what we're going to do this year. But we had to break down your training while we were trying to drop body fat. Stacy, Stacy had too much body fat on, like straight up. While we're trying to drop body fat, we're breaking down training to these nuts and bolts specificities. And, you know, the biggest reason behind that, I know you know this now, but the biggest reason behind that for the listeners is, dude, I'm... What I'm trying to do, I'm not trying to focus on this movement. I'm trying to focus on your mental approach to a set. And your mental approach to a set, how most of you guys are driving to the gym or training right now, listening to this or doing your cardio, you're just doing it. I don't want you to do it. I want you to excel within it. I want you to be able to get on any machine, hit any exercise, do anything, and have a certain mentality that you're approaching with that is extremely high effort is going to come from this, but it is going to be unbelievably accurate in every single movement that I make here. And the reality is learning that's very difficult. That's why like new athletes and mine send so many training videos so that we can learn that. But Stacy came in and right off the rip, we had to untool a lot of these things. I'm talking, she was number one in the world at one point in what she does. And now I'm telling her that everything she does is wrong. I got real nervous. I was like, I'm not sure if she, I didn't know you yet. Yeah. I was like, I'm not sure if she can make it. I know she can be fucking insane. I, I was like, I, I remember telling Ashley, I was like, she can be an Olympia WPD competitor, but I don't think she can make it through this. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of people come from- I mean, from- because like, there's not very many people truly that, okay, you're you're so good at this. Well, you're about to be one plate per side on the leg press, and yep. you're going to be doing all these things that are so hard for you that yep. like you're about to feel so weak. Yep. You're about to feel like a complete beginner. Yep. But I embrace that. And I- Loved it. Like yep. I hated it, right? Because yep. I hated feeling like I wasn't doing enough, yep. but that forced me to get better and better. And I'm so appreciative for you taking the time to break things down for me, to teach me how to do some of these things and to really focus on like the mind muscle connection within mm. everything, right? Mm-hmm. Because I talked about this before, but just like that intensity that I could bring to, okay, doing three singles on deadlift, that's not going to cut it here. Yeah. You have to apply that same intensity to every single set, to every single rep, to every single exercise. So over and over and over again, no matter what the load is, because I can move weight. We knew that. But like actually staying in it whenever it's, you know, 135 on the bar or whatever else, that's challenging and that's humbling. Mm -hmm. But I embraced it. And guess what? We got the result. Yeah. And part of all that, too, is like actually trusting the process and following the plan. So many people say trust the process or follow the plan and they don't actually know what that means. It's just buzz lines. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, okay, these are the keywords that we say, Uh, but you end up having like your interpretation and your spin because I am, you know, I am a renowned coach. I know what I'm doing. I know the gym like the back of my hand, but this is a whole different world for me, right? So I have to take and drop my ego, drop what I think I know and just listen and learn and Mm -hmm. just be open to that. And not very many people, especially at the elite level, are nearly that coachable. No, you know what I'm saying? No. Like because you Your coachability has been amazing since day one. Well, I realize yeah. that's important. Like, yeah. and I realize just like in anything that you do, if you want to get better at something, you've got to be open and curious and willing to learn, right? Because like if I think that I know everything, I'm over it's over. Yeah. You're done. And you're like, done. You're gonna get passed up. Especially whenever you're new to the block too. Mm-hmm. Like if you th- if I walked in and thought that I was gonna be the baddest out there on body in bodybuilding I never would have won the first show. That's I fast. never would have even made it to the national like to the national competition because that ego would have held me back, but it was just that willingness to learn and to listen mm-hmm. and to follow a plan to a T. Yeah. Whether or not I was like, okay, well, let's do it. Yes, yep. okay. I was like, Justin, 
Yeah. Okay. Yep. Done. What kind of rice? Okay. Let's go to the yep. store and get. Yep. You know what I'm yep. saying? Like it's just that's one of the things that just like it goes back to the all in mentality with your approach and with your listening ability too because mm-hmm. so much of it is yeah it was training yeah it was nutrition yeah it was posing yeah it was all of Everything. it and you yep. have to commit your whole entire being to doing something that's going to be really really hard and challenging like you took me from being out of shape yeah completely out of shape yeah and honestly i've never even told you this but i was at a really like kind of low point too because i yeah. didn't feel like i had much of like a complete identity right mm-hmm. and i'm not saying bodybuilding's my identity mm-hmm. but what i said earlier was that training was my favorite thing to do i mm-hmm. love training and i just kind of gotten where i didn't love training as much because i wasn't power lifting and pulling like 550 anymore because i was trying to take care of my body of but then again i wasn't going in and doing like bodybuilding workouts with a specific goal in mind i was kind of just somewhere in between right yep. and so i kind of just kind of felt like I was at a point where I was like, I really need to do something hard. Yeah. I need to be challenged. Like I'm not being my best self. And like, it's reflective in my business It's reflective yeah. in all aspects of your life, your relationships yeah. and everything else. When you're not pushing yourself in any way, yep. you're just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. That's not good enough. No, that's not good enough. No, I'm a, I'm a high achiever. Yeah. I'm a high performer and I yeah. do well under pressure. Like yeah. so many people have the ability to do well under pressure, but they're just afraid of it. Yep. I thrive in it. Yep. And so I knew that it was time for me to do something hard. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you just appeared and I was like, okay, when do I show up? And I just never stopped showing up. People are absolutely terrified of failure, but they have no idea what success even tastes like. So they're, they're scared of something that doesn't really exist. They, they, so they, they, people, they, they stay in the middle. Yeah. So many people are scared of failure that they never even knock on the door. No. Cause like, that's one thing with my powerlifting clients, they doubt themselves before they even work up to the weight. Right. Yeah. Like, I could never squat 500 pounds. Well, well I guess no, not. Not with that mentality. No. It's just like my lady with the box jump. You're scared of it. If you're scared of it, it's going to take your lunch money. Yep, absolutely. If you're afraid of something it and you never even try it, then guess what? You're never going to achieve it. Mm-hmm. I was terrified of doing nationals. I was terrified of stepping on stage mm-hmm. in a two-piece bikini, period. Yep. Like I was terrified of all these things. But usually what you're the most afraid of, that's the thing that's going to teach you the most and the thing that's going to make you grow the most, right? Mm-hmm. And once you overcome that fear, turn it into excitement. And then the thing that you're afraid of when you win an overall or when you do something that's so hard, yep. then you just become unstoppable. Yep. And just since my shows and stuff, I have felt just like this intense sense of, I want to do even more. Mm -hmm. I want to take over the world. I want to be a better coach. I want to be a better athlete. I want to do all these things. Why? Because I remember who I am. Mm -hmm. Like, and when you forget who you are, it's time to do something hard. It's time to challenge yourself. And so many people don't challenge themselves enough because we're just so used to, oh, self-love, balance. Yeah. Listen, balance, self-love, all the things are important, but the biggest form of self-love is to do something hard for yourself and to challenge yourself every single day. Yep. Because by challenging yourself every single day, you're showing that you love yourself enough to convince yourself to make yourself be better. Absolutely. If you're just sitting there and you know you're indulging in all the food or you're just, you know, okay, I'm gonna take a rest day today because I don't feel so good. Yep. There's definitely a level where you need to rest and grow and recover, right? But when we're doing this instead of doing the work to avoid the work, yep. 
you're not getting better. That's yep. not self-love. That's self-sabotage. I could not agree more. That's absolutely beautiful. Stacy. what a f- I, I knew you were going to bring the fire. I knew you were going to bring the fire, but we brought the absolute fire. Tell the people where they can find you at your podcast, your Instagram page, anything else you want to promote here real fast. But also we need to have, we need to have you back on here real soon. I got more I want to chat with you about. Game on. I'm happy to come anytime. You know what I'm saying? I love to talk. I yep. love to talk. I've got so much to share. Yep. My personal podcast is the Champion Mindset podcasts it's on itunes spotify google all the above bam burr is me on instagram uh stacy burr is my government name um (laughs) and amino asylum use code bama at checkout that's one of my sponsors and stronghouse project gear knee sleeves anything like that use code bama at checkout um representing team mahaley here so i am just i am i just you know for what it's worth, I just want to say thank you, Justin, not just for having me on the podcast, but for that day that you approached me in the gym and just giving me the opportunity to become what I have so far in the past seven months, eight mm-hmm. months, whatever it is, because it's just proof that you can really just change your life mm-hmm. whenever you decide to. And it really is a lot easier when you have somebody to believe in you and you have somebody to push you because I hadn't had that in a very long time. And having you in my corner and you being able to tell me like, Stacey, we're going to have to push. We're going to have to do better than that. It really helped me in terms of just making sure that I was forcing myself to get better every single day and then having that encouragement, but that tough love as well. I needed that. And I'm just so appreciative for you taking the time to do that with me you know the beauty about it is we're just getting warmed up baby we are just getting warmed up we're the fucking a team we're gonna take this shit over too yo i can't wait to see it yo stace thanks for coming on girl absolutely i'm I'm gonna have you on again soon you guys until next time peace get money